My visit with Grant Wall of Sports Illustrated, one of the great insiders into soccer and MLS, is presented by the National Children's Cancer Society, Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill, Hair Saloon for Men, Design Air Heating and Cooling, Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, and by Schnooks. We're coming to you from the Lou Fuse Automotive Studios on Scoops with DannyMac.com. The seventh annual Evening with the Cardinals is coming up on Saturday, January 26th at Union Station. I'll be there. It's presented by the National Children's Cancer Society. We're going to raise a lot of money for families and kids that need it. The featured guests will be Cardinals Hall of Famers, Jim Edmonds and Chris Carpenter. I'll be conducting the Q&A. Also, there will be a special VIP reception featuring the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. To be a sponsor or to get your tickets, head to the nccs.org. That's the nccs.org. This event has raised over $1.3 million for families battling childhood cancer. Hope to see you there. Again, the event is coming up on January 26. There's so much to talk about with Grant Wall, who does an amazing job covering soccer here in the United States. What is the latest on MLS for the Lou? Ownership meetings recently in New York. What's the buzz coming out of those meetings? What is the latest with the stadium situation here in St. Louis? What can we expect to hear? All that coming up with Grant Wall of Sports Illustrated next on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Kelly with TheHomeLoanExpert.com. I was born and raised in St. Louis. My team and I pour our hearts and soul into this community. Our job is to offer the best mortgage loans for this town. We are here to support anything that's good for St. Louis, and that's why our team firmly stands behind MLS for the Lou. Enjoy the podcast. Grant Wall of Sports Illustrated also has a book out, Masters of Modern Soccer, and an expert on what is happening with MLS, and that includes the MLS to the Lou and potential soccer here in St. Louis. Grant, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's get the latest right now. As you can imagine, folks here in St. Louis are so excited. Um, uh, they got the approval of the Board of Aldermen. The governor is behind it. Lida Krusen, the mayor behind it. The the real key piece in many ways was the approval of the Board of Aldermen. They have the land. They have the stadium in place, potentially. Um, what is the latest for that 28th team to be placed here in St. Louis. What needs to happen? What is the latest on what you're hearing right now with MLS and expansion? Well, the owners had a meeting here in New York in mid-December, right after the MLS Cup final, where the commissioner, Don Garber, said publicly that uh, the 28th team uh, he expects to name this year. So at some point in the calendar year 2019, now, other things that came out of that press conference with Don Garber were that uh, Austin would be the 27th team, and so that basically leaves one spot to get to 28, which is, uh, as far as the league has gone in the past, and saying that they want to expand too. Now, Don Garber did say for the first time at that press conference in December that uh, he thought there was a good chance the league would go beyond 28 teams, which wasn't news to any of us who follow the league closely, but still uh, things are moving in the right direction on expansion for MLS. And based on people I talked to uh, here in New York, right around that owner's meeting, St. Louis really looks like the favorite to be 28. 
at this point. Uh, it's certainly not a done deal, and, and the MLS owners have, I think, a fair amount of work to do still to decide. But uh, I'm hearing very positive things about St. Louis right now. Grant, why would St. Louis be the favorite? And to to kind of couple on that, what what are the other cities that and and I think we know some of them, but what are the other cities that they would be competing against? Yeah, I mean Sacramento is sort of the the perennial close but not close enough uh, city when it comes to MLS expansion, and I understand how frustrated they are in Sacramento uh, because they've been working at this for several years now. Uh, and their issue, their main issue is just the amount of money behind the ownership. Um, and I think a bit of a concern that it's too close to the MLS team in San Jose, California. Um, St. Louis was a, a situation where this league was really excited about St. Louis uh, until the the vote that took place that really uh, hurt St. Louis and basically said, caused them to say, look, I think we're out for now. Uh, and then also the lack of support of some of these uh, stakeholders that has recently been gotten. Uh, you look at other cities around the country and you've got Phoenix uh, is definitely one that uh, is interested uh, as a possibility. San Diego has Landon Donovan behind that bid, uh, but they lost a vote recently that uh, was important for them. Um, you know, those are some of the main ones. Tampa is another one that has expressed interest. But you know, right now, you know, I, I think um, St. Louis is, is the favorite. If St. Louis is showing that they're checking all the boxes, why wouldn't Don Garber and his team just say, look, they're checking the boxes. We've met with the Taylor family, the Kavanaugh family. Um, th- they've done what they need to do. Uh, that's the team. Let's just let's make the announcement. Let's do it. This this is where we need to be. Great question. Uh, you know, I, I do think MLS has been very deliberative uh, about announcing uh, new expansion uh, in recent years, and uh, you have to look at it as a success to this point with the cities that MLS has chosen and uh, the leverage that has been created. Like with Cincinnati, for example, which starts in MLS this season. MLS didn't sign off on that until Cincinnati got the approval for a really nice downtown soccer stadium. Uh, now, St. Louis seems to be pretty far along in that area. And so uh, I do wonder if that means there's a chance we could see sooner rather than later in 2019 an official okay from MLS owners for St. Louis. Are there any drawbacks to what St. Louis has done? It, meaning... Um behind the scenes, but also just in a general perspective, have you heard any negatives about coming to St. Louis? You know, I haven't. I really haven't. Not with this current iteration of the of the bid. Um, you know, MLS in recent years with their expansion has wanted to to make sure there's local ownership, which you've got there, has wanted to make sure there's a stadium plan, uh, which there is. Uh, just wanted to make sure there's all of these institutional support mechanisms that not every city has. Uh, and I, I think, you know, privately funded stadiums uh, are a preference. And we've seen some MLS teams that come in, you know, take care of that. Um, and so cities around the country these days don't want to spend a lot of money, public money on uh, stadiums for billionaire owners. 
in the sports world, and I get it. So uh, I think MLS is, has been pretty smart about the whole expansion process really over the last 10 years. It is amazing to me. I remember covering, I've been covering MLS since the start in 96, and as recently as 2005, 2006, you know, you were talking about expansion fees of $10 million, $20 million for an MLS team and very little competition for those expansion spots. And now you're talking about expansion fees of $150 million, maybe even upwards of $200 million, plus investing in a privately funded stadium. And there's tons of competition for it. So clearly, in terms of expansion, MLS is doing all the right things. Uh, the, the issues with MLS actually are more these days the original teams that were around in 1996 that um, are still stuck a little bit in some cases in the MLS 1.0 era. The big games are happening at your house and you're entertaining, but are you ready for the big game? Do you have the right food, drinks, and snacks? All you have to do is head to Schnucks for your game day essentials. They have everything to make your party great all in one stop. Take a look at the Schnucks Party Guide called Simply Entertaining. Download a copy at schnucks.com slash entertaining guide. It has party trays, prepared foods, decorated desserts, and so much more. So when you're entertaining for the big game, all you have to do is think Schnucks. Lou Fuse, we are St. Louis. It's happened. It's now open. Lou Fuse Jeep, Highway K O'Fallon, Missouri. The first standalone roundup Jeep store in the country. Largest Jeep inventory in St. Louis. If you want a Jeep, Lou Fuse Jeep is the place to go. 22 service bays, accessories, apparel, state-of-the-art facility. Lou Fuse Jeep, Highway K O'Fallon, Missouri. Lou Fuse, we are St. Louis really interesting because you know st louis is looking at roughly a, a, a privately financed stadium 250 million dollars and then the expansion fee as you mentioned about you know 150 so you're talking about a 400 million dollar private investment by the taylor family I, I think if you would have said that to don garber and the team back in 1996 they said you're crazy so that that's kind of following what you're talking about that's amazing isn't it it really is. And, you know, Garber's been the commissioner of MLS now since 1999, and uh, he deserves a ton of credit. Uh, not everything that he's done is perfect, but uh, when you look at the overall trajectory of the league under Garber from the point in the early 2000s when it nearly folded, they went down to 10 teams to where this next season you're going to have 24 teams, the following year, 26 teams, and then you're going to continue adding more teams. Uh, yes, there are some concerns uh, among soccer people that expansion is happening too fast. We've seen what's happened in the NHL uh, over the years. We saw what happened with the NASL soccer league back in the 70s and 80s. But you really do get a sense that the MLS ownership, all of the owners in this single entity league, have been very deliberative about the expansion process and being smart about it. Uh, and I don't see... Uh, this league being anywhere close to the situation that the NASL had. MLS is here to stay, and there's clearly a ton of money going into it around the country these days. Grant, can you have a situation in the Midwest, um, and maybe the league is looking at this, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask you, you're an expert on this stuff, but where you saturate the market, meaning you saturate the Midwest, um, where you have a good problem with regional rivalries of, of Kansas City, potentially St. Louis, um, Cincinnati, Austin, Chicago, but also you, you're almost too much in the Midwest. Are, are they concerned about 
any one of those problems where it's a good problem to have regional rivalries, but you're positioned too much in the Midwest. Are you following what I'm, I'm asking here? Yeah. I mean, my concern in the Midwest is less with rivalries than with individual markets, cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chicago, Chicago's nowhere near what it should be in MLS. And uh, for that matter, Dallas, same thing. Uh, part of that's due to both those teams having uh, not great stadium situations where they're kind of in the suburb. They don't sell out. Um, it's a, a pretty bad situation in both Chicago and Dallas. And even Houston, uh, if you're talking about sort of an area that I'm concerned about, it's Texas. Because Houston and Dallas don't have the buzz that MLS has in other cities around the league. And here they are adding another team in Austin. And I do wonder about saturation in Texas. And I realize that Austin is a different type of city than, than Houston, which is a different type of city from Dallas. But we haven't seen MLS truly hit it big in Texas yet. And, you know, so part of my question is, why are you expanding to another Texas city in Austin? Right. Um, I'm from Kansas City originally. I am amazed and impressed by what the MLS team in Kansas City has done uh, under new ownership in the last decade and building a stadium to turn Kansas City from a soccer wasteland into one of the, the best MLS cities in the league, a place, you know, they sell out that stadium every week. It's the thing to do on a Saturday night in Kansas City. And that's still a Kansas City situation is kind of an outlier in the history of MLS in terms of an original MLS team that went from not being successful at all to being very successful. We haven't seen that in Chicago, which is almost an original team, not quite, that came in in 98, um, or Dallas, or even Colorado, which you know, has a, another kind of not great stadium situation. And it doesn't feel major league in some of those cities. I was going to ask you, and, and we were talking before we started this, and you mentioned it, you're from Kansas City. Um, tell our fans here in St. Louis what it's done to Kansas City and that, that area where the stadium is and, and what a, a day is like and what a city is like in the season of, uh, of watching you know, Kansas City play soccer. What's it, what's it done for that little part of the, the town and that region? Well, they built a, a great soccer stadium. Uh, out near the NASCAR track. Uh, And typically, actually, the trend has been in MLS with the the more successful cities to have actual downtown stadiums. And that's not the case in Kansas City, but this is still a successful stadium situation where I honestly think this is the best 20,000-seat stadium in the world. It's an amazing stadium that they've built. Uh, And clearly, people who they consulted people in great detail who knew the sport of soccer for how to present this to fans and how to present the best product on the field and behind the scenes there. And, uh, you know, there's a bar, a soccer bar in the corner of the stadium and uh, every detail of the fan experience, if you want to be a hardcore fan and stand for the whole game, make a ton of noise behind the gold, you can do that. You can get luxury boxes. You can do all of these things in a very intimate setting where there's every seat in that place is close to the field and it's just a a really first-class operation they hired peter vermese who's been 
uh, amazing there has become an institution as not just the coach, but um, the, the technical director and, and really overseeing every technical aspect of that franchise. And uh, I'm just tickled as a Kansas City native to see what's happened there. And I think MLS still wants to see that happen to other original MLS cities. When you saw what was happening in Atlanta, what was the buzz around MLS and seeing those crowds? And, and did it change maybe the, oh, I don't know, just the, the mindset of what MLS can and maybe should be with, with crowds and thinking about how big this sport should be and can be uh, in the, the sports landscape in America? Well, I mean, it's pretty incredible what's happened in Atlanta. The NFL team owner, Arthur Blank, owns the soccer team, Atlanta United. Uh, you know, the final, which they won, they've won the league now in their second year of existence was in December. That was the first time I've been in Atlanta for an MLS game. And you had 73,000 people who stood the entire game. Uh, and that magnitude, that... 73,000 magnitude and just the way soccer has taken over Atlanta culturally is absolutely stunning. And it sets a new high bar for MLS uh, above even what Seattle had done over the years. And um, I do think it's had Atlanta success has had some people reexamining what, what MLS can be, Um, you know, in terms of maybe, this is something where we should be aiming for more than just 20,000, 25,000 seat stadium. Right. Um, and, you know, the thing that stands out to me, and I had a long interview with Arthur Blank down in Atlanta a couple of days before that final, he treats that team just like he treats his NFL team. And that's certainly not the case in some MLS cities where you have NFL owners like the New England Revolution. I find it interesting that the crafts are – maybe the best owners in the NFL and some of the worst in MLS because they've never treated the soccer team equally to their NFL team. And so I'm curious to see if that happens a bit more uh, as expansion continues. As it pertains to St. Louis and speaking of ownership, you have female led ownership. How important would that be for MLS to say, look, we have female-led ownership in what has been male-dominated in MLS, male-dominated in the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL. We are trend-setting in the world of sports. This is not just um, here you know, in the United States. This is a global message that we're sending. We're an all-inclusive sport, and that includes female-led ownership. Um, this is historic. How important do you think that would be for MLS? Yeah, I think it's a, it's an important factor. I, I mean, it's one of several factors that uh, I think makes St. Louis look good. Um, is it the be-all, end-all of their bid? No, but it's it's certainly a good thing. And I think MLS, uh, you know, they have these owners' meetings that take place a few times a year. And I think the more women, minorities that you can have at that table every year, the better. And MLS, I think, should want to be a standard bearer for uh, professional sports leagues around the United States in that regard. So, um, you know, I think that's that's awesome. I would also like to see uh, women's soccer uh, be connected more to MLS teams. We have a few examples of NWSL teams 
that are owned by MLS ownership groups, uh, which makes sense to me because, um, you know, you can share facilities and, and have a lot of synergies there, but we haven't seen a ton of that so far. And I would like to see personally more of the new MLS teams coming in, have a commitment to have a women's team as well in that women's league. Hey, Blues fans, you're invited to join the party all season long for St. Louis Blues Ticket Tuesdays at Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill. Customers can enter to win a pair of Blues tickets at every Hotshots location during every Tuesday Blues game this season. So throw on your Blues gear, show up and register to win a pair of Blues tickets, cheer on the Blues while you enjoy awesome specials on food and drinks, including Bud Family and Jack Daniels, Blues sampler appetizers, and so much more. That's at Hotshots Sports Bar and Grill, proud partner of the St. Louis Blues and home of Blues fans for more than 28 years. A reminder that Hair Saloon is based right here in St. Louis, founded in 1997. They now have 16 locations in St. Louis. You'll receive the perfect haircut. Hair Saloon keeps client notes on each customer, so on each visit, you can be assured that they know what you want, and they'll do that in the privacy of your own cutting station. You'll get the complimentary beverage, relaxing shampoo, hot towel and a mint, complimentary shoe shine. That's only for $22. I go there. Both my boys go there. We love it. And for an extra $5, get a stress-relieving scalp massage or neck shave. That is at Hair Saloon for Men. So as we wrap it up here, a couple more questions, and thanks for your time, Grant. Um, just give us a, a general sense from the owners' meetings a couple of weeks ago in New York. We touched upon it earlier. Just, uh, again, we got so many people from St. Louis, and as you can imagine, with the loss of the Rams and the manner in which they left in torching the city. Um, and you're from Kansas City. We're from St. Louis. We're very parochial. We we love our town. Um, we're proud of our towns. Um, we we want this to happen. Um, what what was the just your your gist of what you were feeling from other owners about St. Louis? Again, um, you know some of the things that you were hearing about St. Louis and the ownership and the stadium plan. Just a a general feeling of what you were feeling uh, or hearing from those in uh, in those ownership meetings. You know, the few people I talked to in December were all pretty bullish about St. Louis and excited about what's happened in terms of the, the potential ownership group, in terms of the support for the stadium, in terms of the public support that maybe wasn't there completely before. So uh, right now, there's just a lot of positive vibe around <laughs> this St. Louis bid. Um, and it's gotten to the point where I am even starting to wonder you know, is there a chance that this might actually even get okay soon? Um, or are we going to have to wait until later in 2019, which is still a possibility. TV, um, one thing that happens, and I, I know it happens, I'm, I'm a baseball announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're probably like, well, why is this guy interviewing me about, about <laughs> soccer? And I get that. Um, when you look at TV ratings for the Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals, even when the teams aren't doing well, they're monster ratings. Uh, the monster ratings are there for the Chiefs. They were there for the uh, St. Louis Rams when they were here. Um, and I, I've got to think, and that they were there for um, the Kansas City soccer team. They will be there when they're they're here for the St. Louis soccer team if they're uh, going to be coming to St. Louis. I, I've got to think that that's part of the issue um, as MLS looks at this too, wouldn't it be? I mean, if you're looking to grow the sport – Ratings means dollars. 
Um, would that mm-hmm. be part of what they're looking at as well, the, the ratings and the potential ratings that they w- would get television-wise here in St. Louis? Yeah, I, I, and that's always a part of the equation. Um, you know, when you look at uh, MLS, one area where they have not made it big yet is television. And, you know, the ratings are small. They're moving in the right direction, which always seems to be tremendously important to TV execs and uh, the people who pay so much money for for TV rights. Um, So, you know, they are moving upward slightly, uh, MLS ratings, um, nationally and locally around the country. And MLS's uh, broadcast deal nationally comes up in 2022. That's actually not that far away. And so it's an eight-year deal with uh, nationally ESPN, Fox Sports, and Univision in Spanish. And so there's a lot of questions about what kind of offer uh, offers is, is MLS going to get. Are they going to be from some um, potentially new sources like uh, um, a Google or an Apple mm-hmm. or uh, one of these new outfits like DAZN? And what will end up happening there? Because this is a huge moment, uh, that television, that video deal uh, that will start up in 2023. I'm proud to announce a new sponsor for ScoopsWithDannyMac.com, and that's Design Air Heating and Cooling. You know, a few weeks ago, I was having an issue with my furnace, and I made a connection with Seth Goldcamp, who runs Design Air Heating and Cooling. He sent a technician over to my house. Not only did the technician arrive at my house... But so did Seth. They did a tune-up on my furnace. They got it running properly. But they also found a glitch in the system that is now saving me money on my monthly statement. That's all because of design, air, heating, and cooling. They did that for me and my family. They can do that for you. They're a fourth-generation family-run company. They've been in business for over 100 years because they take care of their customers. The number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop a train. Find out more at designairservice.com. Thanks to Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. And then a final question. You, you've said it a couple of times that the timeline on this could be, uh, you know, sometime in, in 2019, maybe sooner than later. And it's speaking with Jim Cavanaugh, as you well know, part of the ownership pitch of, of St. Louis, he, he told me that maybe by the end of January, um, if you had to guess, and and I'm asking from the league's perspective, have, have they ever put a hard cap on something like this that's saying, look, the 28th team needs to be announced by – uh, you know, the first quarter of 2019, the second quarter, we need to have this in place. Have they ever come out and said when that needs to happen or or we'd like to have this in place by then because then the team could play by 2022? Have they ever have they ever done anything like that? You know, they've MLS is usually pretty conservative about saying an announcement needs to happen by a certain quarter or, you know, even for them to say that they want to have a final announcement on the 28th team in calendar year 2019 gives themselves a bit of a deadline. And I think what MLS has learned over the years is whether it's with expansion decisions or especially uh, stadium announcements of new stadium construction, uh, you can get yourself in trouble if you miss these deadlines, artificial deadlines that you've already set for yourself. So um, that's kind of how I see that. I also see right now, if you're MLS, you've got a lot of cities fighting 
for that 28th spot. And so as long as there's, you know, it, it, it's a good position to have more demand than you used to. Sure, it's leverage. MLS in a much in a much stronger position. Absolutely. Hey, Grant, uh, longtime reader. Great to catch up with you. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoy your work. And thank you very, very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.